Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. All right, welcome everybody. It's another episode of Doctor Homebrew, and it's an international extravaganza, or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I think this is maybe the second of this, uh, the second beer of this style that we've ever had. Maybe the third Australian sparkling ale. I think is what it's called. But on this show, we're going to get two of them. But on this show, we're going to get two of them because we're we have a, a Cooper's sparkling ale for a commercial calibration for the second segment. And if you listen to the last show. Uh, Justin is back again and uh, with his Aussie sparkling ale, and then he also sent the uh, the Coopers along too. So, Justin, welcome back and thank you for the uh, for the beer. I don't know. G'day for the okay. <laughs> there we go. That's what they say, man. They, I, they... you're not faking that accent, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> How long have you been uh, over here in the states? Um. This time I've spent, I've, uh, I grew up in Australia, I spent most of my adult life overseas. Um, nice. This time here in uh, Pleasant Hill, I live currently, nice. um, 13 years. Oh, geez. Cool. Nice, man. Are you ever going to go back and like live, like move move back home to Australia, considering how well you guys have been doing with the pandemic <laughs> and how well you actually like care about your citizens? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. He's still home. So, yeah, good. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very Justin's cool, man. A pariah now. He's been living here for so long that he'll be considered a COVID, you know, uh, spreader or something. He'll be very leery of allowing him to go back to that uh, go, continental paradise. He'll go on all the news networks in Australia. Tell us how it really is. Like you've experienced. <laughs> you went in. They sent him out as a probe, like we would do for deep space, to then come back and report on <laughs> the yeah. weird shit Americans do. Did you do any homebrewing in Australia, or did you pick that up out here? Um, I, I did in uh, my post-college days out yeah. of necessity because okay. beer is so expensive in Australia. I, I did a little bit of it back then um, when I was about 21. Yeah. But I uh, picked it up again recently only a couple of years ago. Nice. Super different cool. from what I understand. <laughs> yeah. Before we do all that, though, before we get to the Aussie Sparkling Ale, uh, I want to thank Five Star. You go to fivestarchemicals.com, and you can learn about the best ways to clean and sanitize your equipment, which is really one way, which is to use PBW and then to use StarSan. And that's how you do it. That's how we do it out here. And uh, you can't uh, you can't tell me any different because the people at Five Star know what they're talking about. They've uh, developed these chemicals to work wonders on your brewing equipment and even your beer line and all sorts of fun stuff. So check them out. FiveStarChemicals.com. Use them. If you don't use them, you're going to lose them. And that's really just the key for, you know, for for a lot of different stuff. I don't know. What I'm, I don't know what yes. I'm saying anymore, boys. Um, uh, well, what you're saying is. You can uh, you can sanitize, but only after you clean. Yes, that's correct. That's like you can't do them all in one step, or you can't sanitize and then clean. That's just all <laughs> sick and wrong. Yeah, you, you have to clean with PBW and then sanitize with Star Sand. It's a good that's way. Right. To go. It's the best Don't way. Don't the foam. And, uh, yeah, keep on brewing. All right, let's pop this uh, Australian sparkling. So, Justin... Um, I mean, I'm going to assume that you've made this before, but, uh, you know, I don't want to assume too much. Is this your first time home brewing a sparkling ale like this? No, this is um, probably my fourth attempt okay. at sparkling ale. Yeah. Um, I, I, I drank a lot of it in, in my youth. Okay. Um, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so well. it's, is it something that, like, you just you want to try to brew because it's a hard style to make and you want to test your brewing ability or... Or is it just like a nostalgia thing? Because from what I understand, it's like, you know, it's like a light lagers that, you know, people really just drink because it's cheap, not because it, it tastes any good. Yeah, it, there's a nostalgia element to it, most okay. definitely. Um, but but also it's like a, it's an ale that, that in a lot of ways has lager characteristics to it, which is it, like it is an interesting thing to try and replicate, yeah? Yeah. It's, it's not – it wouldn't, wouldn't be my go-to style, but just because – from my my history with it, yeah, I'm <laughs> okay. gonna brew it. Yeah. Cool, yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, all right, Brian Cooper, why don't you go ahead and get us started here, please? Okay, I will. I just opened it and I sniffed the bottle, and I I feel like I'm getting a little hint of light struck. I didn't I didn't note it last night, but I'm like a little uh, a slight uh, skunkiness. 
but not not harsh or or bad, really awful. But then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It might have been just fleeting. It's 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 not that. It was when I sniffed the the top of the bottle, and now in the glass, I'm not really getting it. So, but it's yeah, that's one of those things. But it's in a brown bottle, and it, it's I didn't store it in the light. Um, this one does have a, a screw top. I don't, that shouldn't affect the. <laughs> But yeah, you capped on top of a screw top. That's pretty good. You got it to work. It wasn't I, a screw I, top. I did not know that. <laughs> it wasn't a screw top cap. I don't think the one I judged last night had that uh, special feature. Uh, yeah, but, I don't have uh, that. Anyway, this, maybe this one will taste different. Mine's normal. Um, but what you, you said that light struck. That's exactly the first thing I noticed, too, when I popped it and, and started pouring it in. I got this. Yeah, it's like a skunky... A little skunkiness. It's real fleeting. It goes yes. by quick, but it's like, oh, it's it's a Heineken. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's like a yeast character. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway. I don't recall getting that last night at all. Um, anyway, uh, just a very, very faint hiss when you open the bottle. Um, the, the fill level um, was slightly low, but that's okay. It was, a you know, just to the edge of where you'd say, oh, that's a little bit low at a competition. You want to fill it to, you know, well, I don't, it's not full anymore, but yeah, you know, closer to, a little closer to the cap. Otherwise, some picky judges will think it tastes worse, but it, when it doesn't, um, we poured it clear. We did not roll the bottles. Uh, uh, Brian and I discussed this last night when we were judging separately in our, our private residences. And uh, yeah, we did not roll the bottle. There was some discussion of whether we should do that. I don't see anything, any sediment on the bottom, really. It doesn't look like it's bottle conditioned, so it probably wouldn't have made a difference. And I did test it last night, and it didn't make much of a difference. Um, so aroma-wise, yeah, aside from that little whiff of uh, hello, skunk, a little bit, uh, it's gone now, but uh, pleasantly malty with bready notes and a hint of uh, some graininess to it. Moderate fruity esters, you know, not, not poking out too much, just moderately low i guess you could say clean and inviting it's got a low kind of earthy hop not getting anything gnarly in the hops it's kind of unassuming there uh but it's at a nice level to to balance with the light malt no dms or diacetyl um you know what i got yeah i thought i thought i got like a really faint sulfur uh, maybe that was the but uh sometimes that can come from when you're you're pouring a, a yeastier sample as they as they tend to to do when they're when they're pouring them there you know invert your keg and serve it you know kind of a thing but uh you know you get a little more sulfur when you have a, a hazier example of the style is poured with with a lot of yeast and suspension but i thought i got a little sulfur regardless but it might have also been that i might have been thinking of of the not not expecting light struck from a brown bottle but it's a little bit there the beer is a nice yellow color uh with a low white head uh didn't stick around all that long uh, faded to a thin collar of uh, ultra-fine bubbles and some wispy cover foam. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's quite clear. It did, did a nice job of clarifying this. It's almost brilliant. It's There's a little little tiny touch of haze, but not bad. Two out of three for appearance. Flavor-wise, a medium-low, lightly bready malt flavor. Maybe uh, uh, just a low bitterness. I would say maybe a little too low uh, for the style. The, the malt is coming through um, over the top of that. And again, almost like a, a little wordiness with the, um, the lack of carbonation that's here. Uh, very dry finish with a hint of an earthy hop flavor. Uh, it's a clean ale, some slight fruit, but nothing overwhelming ester-wise. They're, they're, yeah, the, the hop flavor kind of pops through late palate. You get past that malt, there's a little bit of hop there. Um, it's actually a flavorful beer, though. Though it, it is light, with faint uh, a faint kind of minerally quality. The water actually seems pretty good for the style. Um, it's got a nice little slight minerally edge that plays off the just the general lightness of the beer. It would be, it'd be kind of boring without whatever's in your water. Uh, you know, brew it with distilled water; it would be horrible. No. <laughs> There's a yeah, earthy earthy hop kind of lingers in in there with a light malt in the aftertaste. I mean, that's that's all you got in this beer, but it's characterful for for such a light style, and I, I like the flavor. I landed at a, I actually scored the flavor pretty well. Sixteen out of twenty. Mouthfeel wise, quenching, and it goes down smooth and easy. Medium low carbonation. 
I knocked it down a little more on the mouthfeel just because the carbonation wasn't there. Um, but it, it, it is quenching. It goes down real, real nice and easy. I, I, I noticed myself like having to re-pour the sample because it was just gone. And I'm like, okay, pour a little more. And it kept going. I was like, this is a real easy drinker. And that's what the beer is meant to be. Uh, you know, on a hot day, and of course it was a cold night when I judged it. So that didn't work for me as well. But, uh, you know, it didn't have any warmth or any creamy-like qualities. It wasn't astringent or biting. I would say it's just crisp, crisp and quenching. Uh, probably be a little more quenching if it had a little more carbonation. A little, you know, and that crispness would kind of uh, just pop a little more. But uh, overall, it's just a it's a pleasant drinking Aussie sparkling. Uh, no apparent flaws from the fermentation. Fresh, good ingredient choices. Yeah, the main improvement would just to be increase the CO two a fair quite a fair amount. This is supposed to be a a pretty sparkling baby. A pretty effervescent beer. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it should be quite a, quite a bit, uh, you know, higher, high to very high. It doesn't say obscenely high in the, in the guidelines, <laughs> but it just, you know, very high is where they stop. So, uh, but at least high, this will change the way that, uh, these flavors express themselves in a lot of ways. So it, it, you know, it may change it in ways you don't like, it may enhance the bitterness a little more. I would think it would, um, you know, in the crispness, um, you may push up the bitterness ever so slightly, but I think just fixing the carbonation will probably bring it to where that bite needs to be. Otherwise, you'll go you'll go too crazy with it. It'll be too too harsh. Um, so we did. I did the. We since we talked about are we gonna rouse it or not? Yeah, you know, I was like, I put the cap back on it and spilled a bunch of beer, rolling it around on the table, and and I I, I went decided that was a bad idea and then i went to the sink and turned it upside down and kind of swirled it around a little bit good and i poured it into my glass not that I mean, it was a slight bit hazier but nothing it, it, it was a savior it didn't it didn't change it too much um are you supposed so to do you that might consider doing and another way that is a good way to get a good level of carbonation in a beer is to bottle condition your beer it's kind of it's an old school way to do it i'm sure this beer is bottle conditioned uh but you know, that's something you can consider and, and see if it works better for you. It's going to, you know, it's a living beer at that point. It's going to change differently and over, it's going to age differently, but uh, having the yeast there is going to help and keep any oxidation out of, out of the bottle. You know, if you have to put something in the bottle, I suspect this is just a, a keg of beer that you have and you're drinking uh, for present use uh, as you need it for the, the old time sake and uh, the homeland there. And, and that's great. You know, um, if I moved to Australia, land. I'd be importing a lot of IPAs and, uh, yeah, like, Oh, America, I miss you. So, but, uh, you know, I, I like the beer a lot. I, I might've been a little generous, but I landed at a 39 on it. I thought it was pretty pleasant. I just, and I forgave the, the CO2 a little bit just because it's there. It's really, it, the recipe seems good. I know it's hard to get a, a lot of carbonation in the bottle and that's the only little fine tuning I could find pretty much uh i'd be interested what hops in it i don't taste anything gnarly or i i don't really have a lot of experience with using uh pride or pride ringwood ringwood i don't i didn't think it was that it doesn't have that it's supposed to have like an irony like gnarly hop character it seems like a unassuming maybe noble-ish hop or something mm. i don't know but i think it's, it's pride good. of ringworm i thought that's what it was right mm. ringworm yeah i think that's what it is <laughs> I mean, I'm a professional, so I know these things. Okay. So people they take pride in ringworm there? <laughs> yeah. I would, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, so yeah. Uh, it, could, it could be easily pushed up into higher territory, a more carb- carbonation. And, uh, yeah, well, a lot more carbonation and maybe, maybe a touch, tiny touch more bitterness. So, yeah, great job. Excellent. Cooper, <laughs> I mean, Char. <laughs> Whatever, one well, of you, you dumbasses. 50-50 chance of getting <laughs> yeah, that one right. Uh, yeah, yeah I, this is, the score is based on the bottle I, I scored yesterday as opposed to the one that I'm drinking right now. They are very similar, but with, uh, I think, just one small difference. Uh, aroma, uh, medium-low uh, yeast and kind of medium malt. I didn't identify as Pilsner or Two-Row, uh, right out of the gate. What's interesting is to me, there's a bready, a very pleasantly bready character, not a doughy character and not bretty like Britannomyces, but like a good, 
like maybe a, a good rustic French bread type of, of character in the aroma, uh, which I think is the, a combination of the, the yeast aroma and of the malt itself. Uh, I got some earthy hop aroma, no esters, uh, no off aromas. So total score of eight out of 12. Uh, appearance, three out of three. It's uh, like now it's essentially crystal clear. I think Brian's right. There's maybe a hint of a haze, but that's that's fine. Uh, it's light golden color. Uh, the sample I poured yesterday also was maybe a little lower in carbonation than I wanted. I made a note less of a hiss on opening than expected, but it had a larger head uh, and there was some bottle variation. So uh, I still give this one three out of three based on, on yesterday's bottle. Uh, flavor, initially the flavor is kind of malty and bready at a medium level. Uh, bitterness comes up in mid-palate to, to balance. And then it sort of tilts over a little bit more toward bitter. Uh, there's a very long finish and the flavor is back to balance between malt and, and, and hot bitterness. Uh, get a low earthy hop flavor. Uh, it's really well attenuated, which is great. Uh, no esters, 13 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, four out of five. Uh, carbonation is less than expected from for style, which is the reason for knocking a point off. I won't belabor the the point there because Brian's already discussed that. <laughs> already belabored it. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> you've I, I, you've already labored it. I would be belaboring it if I were to you know just just pile on on that. Uh, medium body, uh, no warming, uh, creamy, not astringent. Uh, overall, 7 out of 10 for a total of 35, which is very good. Uh, and I'll have to say, this is a, a very tasty and flavorful beer that I, I liked a lot. It didn't have any obvious faults. Uh, I've never had an Australian sparkling ale before, believe it or not. This is the first time. Your, your home-brewed example is the first uh, uh, sparkling I've had. So... What I have to judge it by is is the guidelines. And the thing that kept me from scoring it higher was it seems to lack some of the, the esters, uh, the carbonation, and the hop flavor uh, to be quite where they need to be for this style. Certainly those things were there, uh, but some of the, aside from the esters, which I really didn't really get a lot of ester character out of this beer. But uh, you know, I've said this, and I made a note to myself, I'll probably get schooled when I open up this Cooper's and it tastes just like your <laughs> beer. Uh, but that's that's why you uh, taste new things and try new things and learn new things. So, you know, like I said, 35 out of 50. Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. Excellent. All right, Justin, what? Uh, let's go through your recipe real fast, if you wouldn't mind, please, my dude. Yeah, no worries. Um, so the, the style guidelines say that, you know, use Australian ingredients. Now, I tried to, but grain is not an easy one to get. So um, the general consensus reading a lot over the last couple of years online is a mixture of like a 50-50 mix of Pilsner and, and Maris Otter, which is exactly what I did, five pound uh. each of, of, of those two. Um, I, I, I've tweaked the, the the rest of the malts over the last several batches I've done. Um, uh, what I landed out on this one was four ounces of crystal 20, very small amount just for, for, for color. Um, and eight ounces of white wheat, which I've never done any white wheat in this style before. And I, I, I think it works. I, I like it. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do that again. I, I might probably bump up the, the crystal in the future just for a bit more color. Uh, only a slight bit, but just only, you know, just a, a, a touch. Um, I, 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 I mashed in very low at this 145 to try and get it highly attenu attenuated, and yeah. I did it, in the end. Um, nice, nice and dry. Yeah, good job there. Yeah, yeah. which it was is really well attenuated. To the style. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, after after an hour, I raised it to 165, held it for 10 minutes, sparged. Um, the only hop addition was Pride of Ringwood. It was Pride of Ringwood. It is okay. Yeah, interesting. Nice. Uh, ounce <laughs> at 30 minutes. I've, I've played with that over the over the few times I've brewed it as well. Um, I, I personally think it needs a little bit more bitterness, so I'd probably go 45 next time. But, you know, the, the, I, I understand that Coopers now do some some dry hopping. I'm not going to do that. I, th I think it just, <laughs> just some bitterness would be the way to go. Um, the OG was 1049, final gravity 10009, um, you know, 5.2%. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, I was happy with this, and I, I tell you uh, what what uh, Brian Cooper was saying about the 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 bottle conditioning. That's that's where my mindset's been because on on the keg it is fantastic, um, and it is a pain in the ass to get it into a bottle and keep <laughs> that carbonation. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. You know, you know, bottle conditioning. You know, in the, in the future, particularly for competitions. You know. That's only going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too hard to get it right in the bottle from yeah. a keg. So, yeah. And when the sparkling is in the name of the beer, I mean, that's it's, yes. it's unfortunate because this is a very flavorful, tasty beer. I really like this beer, mm-hmm. but the judges are going to expect in competition that it is, you know, effervescent, right? Because right. that's one of the, the, the distinguishing hallmarks of the style, even though that's not the be all and end all of what this beer is. Yeah, sparkling isn't a nickname. It's not like right. irony. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah. So can I can I ask a question? Like, if you're if you're judging this in a competition, like, how does that work in terms of if you want to swill up at the end of the bottle and 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 see if the yeast is there? Like, is that a normal thing to do? Do you think? Or? Most judges would just take a flashlight if you have one handy for, from your phone, of course. Now these days, but you know, a lot of judges in the old days would bring a little pen flashlight and, and look at the bottom of the bottle to check if it was bottle conditioned. Um, but yeah, you're not usually going to have time to swirl or roll bottles and stuff. Yeah. And actually, you know, Brian and I had a little discussion about this last night as we were saying, you know, do we roll it or what do we do with it? And one of the things, I mean, I, I really like the, the most recent style guidelines and I think they're very well thought through and very useful. But one of the things I, I don't care for about them that carries over from the previous version is there are some styles like Australian sparkling ale, Hefeweizen, I think maybe one or two others, where they talk about you know, how, how you can, you know, they, they mention you know, getting the yeast into suspension and, and so forth. And the thing is, in competition, the judges or stewards are never going to do anything but pour a couple ounce sample into a glass and and judge that. They're not going to engage in anything, rolling of the bottle, moving it, or, you know, swirling it around, whatever, unless the applicant or the entrant specifically instructs them to do so. And I, I think that that's something that people don't always realize. Uh, and whether or not it's bottle conditioned is something that might affect kind of our thought process about, well, in the overall impression, what do we say about how to you know, make changes or improvements? But it, there really isn't a spot on the score sheet to mark, oh, no, there, this was bottle condition. This was filled from a keg. You know, it's, it does help you think about issues about you know, carbonation or things like that. But that's my long-winded way of saying that no judge in competition is ever going to you know, roll it around or swirl it to get the yeast into suspension and then pour it unless there's uh, – some special instructions somewhere to put that in the entry form. Uh, and even then, I'm not always convinced those instructions would make it to the judging table. Mm. Why would you want something like that to happen? I mean, the yeast is going to contribute flavors. It, it, it can. Yeah. I mean, and I that's where it... like in a Hefeweizen, for example, it's going to contribute some flavor and it's going to yeah. give you some of the, the appearance. And in like the the style guidelines for Australian sparkling ale, there is, uh, in some bars, the bottle is rolled along the bar. Uh, Publicans usually pour most of the beer in, swirl it, get the yeast in. The yeast seems to be a flavor component in theory. Uh, Justin, I'm curious, as a man that's lived a chunk of your adult life there, is that a thing that people do in Australia? Um, No, it's bullshit. (laughs) I've never never seen that happen in my life. The only time they'll roll a bottle at you is to throw it at your head. Like, I don't come from Adelaide, where Cooper's is from. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe in Adelaide it does, but Mm -hmm. I've never seen someone roll a bottle of Cooper's over a bar. I I mean, Adelaidians do it. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I I, I seem to. uh, I imagine that something like that is more of of a gimmick to excuse cloudy beer we're like oh no that's part of it don't worry about it in fact let's enhance it with this thing but i think ultimately nobody wants yeast taste in their beer well if it's a half a weizen or something yeah i but i don't i don't want to taste the yeast i mean i want to taste the yeast characters i don't want to taste yeah i don't want to be like oh this is okay yeah but Mm, you know maybe it's not a whole you know i don't know that's that maybe i'm built different 
Uh, I don't know. Um, just, Justin, where are you from in Australia that you don't roll your Cooper's bottles on the bar? <laughs> yeah, you heathen. Um, I grew up in Queensland, up uh, yeah. on, on the eastern figures. Yeah, up north. I didn't want to yeah. say it, but I could I could tell right away <laughs> yeah. when you didn't roll your bottle. I knew it. I knew it. Was that like Brisbane or something? Like I've never I, been. I grew, but I'm. I grew up on the Sunshine Coast, just north of Brisbane. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And Coopers, Coopers is is in in bars, like on 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 tap, on draft, in 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 yeah. most bars, like a lot of bars in Australia. And yeah. it's not it's not cloudy, you know. It's on draft. Okay. It's, okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good point. And it's hard to keep uh, a beer on draft cloudy, as I think a lot of people that make yeah. easy IPAs have found out. <laughs> um, do we have anything else, Justin? Do you have any any questions for the boys, and then vice versa? No, I appreciate also, it, guys. Okay. I, 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 it was really the bottle conditioning thing that I, I wanted an answer to, and I, I think I got it. I'm going to get it go. Wonderful. I obviously need to learn, too, about <clears throat> the Pride of Ringwood thing, too. It was like, you know, they mentioned resiny and fruity in the in the guidelines, too, but the, the, I was looking for this iron-like flavor, and I just didn't wasn't getting – it doesn't taste like licking an iron bar. But, you know, the, <laughs> the description on uh, – I'm all right with it. Northern Brewer is, is uh, you know, it's resinous, fruity, and pleasant. So, yeah, you know, uh, and it's they've, they've moved it a little closer to mm. the cohumulone content has, has been changing over the years. It's, it used to be 40%. It's now down to around 32%, putting it closer mm. to Cascade. Some, I don't know. That's what they say here, anyway. But I, I don't believe everything I read on the interweb. But. <laughs> well, you should. I remember very vividly a Zymergy article in like the early '90s, where they there was specifically discussion about Pride of Ringwood about do not use this hop. This is terrible hop. Don't ever yeah. use it for anything. And it ta- and it's a it's an acquired Australian taste that don't. <laughs> have, and I'm just what the hell? And I've. You don't you don't find it in U.S. homebrew shops. I want to say that's like the new com- or the complete joy of homebrewing is where I fr- I, I, I seem to remember that because you know, when I was when I was reading that book I was working at more beer and I was like Pride of Ringwood okay and yeah. it was like don't ever it was like on the the, the no fly list and I'm like that's weird but okay you know it's like we've evolved hops now and whatever but who would have thought that you know we're we're trying to now replicate all this stuff because of course back then homebrewing was more like do your own flavors. <laughs> Uh, I think I have anyway, that book back here. Maybe I'll check for that real quick at the break. Uh, yeah, well, the break's going to be about <laughs> four Charlie seconds. Charlie Papazian so. incite bias against the pride of Ringwood. <laughs> yeah, Find out on the next episode. Uh, yeah. says, says the guy whose T-shirt says Charlie is my homeboy with a big picture of Charlie Papazian on it. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, well, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. hang on a, a minute, everybody. This is Dr. Homebrew. We're going to come right back. We're going to drink some Coopers, some actual Coopers. Uh, and, it, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Doctor Homebrew, please report to the ER for code blue. Doctor Homebrew to the ER, please. No, and your tea time has been moved to two thirty. Now back to Doctor Homebrew. Hey, thanks for sticking around, everybody. Doctor Homebrew, we are still hanging out with Justin. Who has uh, hand delivered some Coopers to us? This is uh, yeah, Justin uh, C. Justin C. That's right. oh, what about Isn't he the owner yeah. of the Brewing Network? I don't know. I think uh, I think I think by default I am now. Mm, <laughs> it's just yeah. you know uh, this is what I, this is what I do now. So I am the owner. Uh, any questions? Come no, I'm just kidding. Oh, you've, um, you've acquired the BN by adverse possession. That's true. Yeah, prima noctra, I think, is what it really is. But uh, <laughs> hostile takeover <laughs> by JP. Justin, how did you uh, how did you acquire this Cooper's bottle? Uh, Total wine, um, which okay. is for, for those not in California, is a is a local, well, a West Coast. Yeah, it's. Um, it's like a store. It's the heater of uh, for beers. So if you want warm beer, you go to Total Wine or Bevmo. Those are the two places. The warm. Well, I tried Bevmo and they didn't have any. So no, I went yeah. to Total Wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Total um, Wine is a good selection. I'm gonna be honest. It, it it was it was a single six pack up the back of of the international shelf, and it was really hard to see. It was all all sort of dark and covered in. This this is not the prime example of an Australian sparkling ale, and and, and you're never going to get that in the U.S. regardless. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like, but this this thing's got some age on it. It was at room temperature for obviously, you know, close to a year. Yeah. And, and that's that's about the best yeah. you can get in the U.S. Honestly, if you want to try a, you know, you know, true blue Australian sparkling, you need to go to Australia to try it. Yeah. So there's going to be some oxidation in this. Okay. So Peter Simon into it knowing that, but yeah. Peter Simon's, yeah, let's is, go, dude. Send us some beers after after. 
thirteen three twenty. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, is so perfect. It's this is this is at least. So the, the I mean, it's at least month of twenty twenty would be January of twenty twenty one, wouldn't it? March, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, it's at least a year old minimum. Yeah. Not to oh, mention were, how yeah, long so it's, it's been in the bottle. Last year. Yeah. So uh, this, this is going to be real good. Right when the when the shutdowns were starting here. So what do we um what do we do? Because there is yeast, you know, in there. There's sludgy floating around. Is that what we want in our glass? Like, how do we how do we what should we do here? My, my suggestion is to not swirl it up. It okay. would be to drink the vast majority of it, uh, probably two two thirds, three quarters of it. You know, just pouring normally, and then swirl up and and drink the the last bit with the yeast, the, if you can handle it at that stage. The, the aroma that, that's coming off the top, which is a, it's a twist off, by the way, fellas. Um, jalapeno ah. honey jam. I'm going to say that right now. Mm. So we're going to do like a commercial calibration here and sort of judge this to style. But I do feel like it's sort of rude because it's you know a year old. Well, if you get the same beer here, you know, it's it's going to be probably about the same as we got it's it. It's not a bad pour. Nice and foamy on the top. Yeah. All right, Brian Shar, why don't you uh, light us up here, brother? Okay, similar colors. Interesting. Uh, it, it's similar colors and, of course, different size glasses, different kind of background and so forth, but... It's fairly similar. The Cooper's is maybe a little more golden. There's an odd aroma to it that I wouldn't say if I'd call it jalapeno honey jam. Uh, there, JP. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you're not as verbose and luxurious in your language as I am, so I apologize. Well, let's not uh, let's hold your horses there. Oh, uh, but <laughs> let's see. Uh, I also, it's not nearly as cardboardy as I expected. Right. Right. I I get a hint of cardboard. But maybe being in the dark uh, in the back, <laughs> total wide helped helped it maybe not be quite as. Uh, it's not like at Bevmo sometimes where they have like cases sitting in the window in the sun, uh, which is one reason I stopped going to Bevmo largely. Uh, but the um, the aroma is it's not bad. It's just very. I'm not sure how to quite characterize what I'm getting. I, there are some esters. I would call it honey-like. Yeah, and honey-like is another expression of uh, of oxidation. Right. It's not, but... it's not tremendously honey-like. I do get maybe oh. some pear, something like a pear ester. And a honey-like is something you can get from a light crystal malt, too. So right. if there is some crystal 20 in their recipe, I don't know if they release their recipe for the, the public. It's I, it, I assume it's a secret You'd have to be killed to learn this actual uh, recipe. And, you know, there's uh, there's more. Justin has more head on his. I mean, this is a very, this not Minority much head dropped, on this yeah. beer at all. No. Yeah, you got a little bit more on yours there, JP. Um, Flavor-wise, you know, there's definitely a honey character in the flavor. And if there's anything that's dominant, it's maybe that honey-like characteristic in this. Um, Body is very light. Uh, it is... Uh, effervescent but maybe not quite as effervescent as i was expecting i was expecting maybe like almost a belgian triple or something like that yeah at least a coarse life from, man right yeah but i mean the bottle is although the bottle feels i mean it, it's maybe a strange thing to say the bottle feels strong but it's not doesn't seem like it's thicker than like a standard american long neck or a sierra nevada bottle uh, i think there's a screw top here it's it's you yeah. know there's not yeah. even a Respectable crown cap going on here. Well, I know, mine's it's, they're all screw tops. Let um, me ask you a question, Just. Is it called Australian Sparkling Ale in Australia? Because the label just says Original Pale Ale. Yeah, so so Coopers do two. They do the red and green. The red is called the Australian Sparkling Ale, and this mm-hmm. is the uh, Pale Ale. But both are within the style guidelines. Okay. Um, oh, in okay. fact, they're both recommended as uh, you know as prime examples of the. They're style. the only two examples because yeah, the yeah, old commercial much. brewery that that's you know sparkling ale was out. There used to be a lot of the breweries making this style of beer, but Cooper's is the only one still still doing it. So, that's yeah. weird. Well, yeah, there's Castleman Perkins does one apparently, and then there's a, a a brewery in Indiana 
called uh, <laughs> Scarlet Lane that is example of the style, and the other two are are in Western Australia, New South Wales. So, I heard yeah. in Indiana they roll it across the bar. <laughs> <and> the <bottle laughs> uh, uh, he rolled uh, this bottle you know, up his ass. What's interesting is there's just I don't get a lot of hop character in the flavor of this beer, either in terms of bitterness or in terms of of flavor. You know, the, it, there is some bitterness here, but it's mm. really not at a very high level. It's you know, a weird. It's, it's um, weird. It's, it's a well weird beer. Yeah, oh, it's dry. I mean, it's dry, but there is yeah. like dry. a little residual sweetness. But it's funny you were saying the the honey shar uh, because it's weird trying to differentiate between shar and Cooper while we're drinking a Cooper's, and I just can't like I don't know. <laughs> um, because I got some uh, of that honey in in Justin's beer, and I was like, I don't know if I want to bring it up. I, I I don't know what the other beer tastes like, so it's hard to like compare the two. Um, but those stylistically you know, sort of, of match, which I didn't expect. But there is a tart, there's not a tart, but there's like a sharp metallic. And then Cooper, you were saying that you were looking for yeah. like licking an iron bar kind of thing. And I was like, who the, what the fuck is he talking about? But I, I, I understand what you're saying now because there is that like a minerality to it. Yeah, the, the commercial one has a little bit more of that, that mineral uh, quality. I think. A lot, yeah. It's it's got a little more carbonic bite in the uh, mm-hmm. commercial example. But you're right; it's not totally like, wow, this is super highly carbonated, you know? Right. Uh, and then you know, it's not warming, but it shouldn't be. Uh, it's not astringent. It's not I, a lot. That's it's it's, it's I, a light flavored beer. I kind of really like it. I mean, <laughs> despite the mm-hmm. the age on it, which I, you know, and, and the the skunkiness, there is a skunky foulness to it. I kind of like it. <laughs> it's like a, it's like an overcarbonated like light ESB or some shit. I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out in my head. It's, it's a skunky foul beer, but it, I really just like the it. foulness. I, I look. I can look. I can look past all the the flaws of aged beer and and you know that's all I drink is like shipped beer from places. I don't know, man. No, this is not hor- horrifically flawed. It's I've not. Had, I've had a few of these for um, being a, over a year old. You, I, so I, I expected worse. Is a sponsor on here now with uh, you talking about the skunky foulness? I mean, uh, but yeah, for for a year old, this is an amazing sample. It, I have to agree with that. Well, look, don't don't put words in my mouth. I wouldn't go that far. Well, don't roll that bottle at me, brother. I will roll it right back. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's amazing, um, but it's held up. It's held up surprisingly well, man. But yeah, it's uh, you know, for to me, the the big breweries pay good attention to you know, shelf stability and, and how long their beer is going to last out there in the real world and oxygen levels. And then, you know, of course the big mega breweries that pull all the yeast out of their beer really have to pay attention to oxygen. These guys can probably be a little more lax because they've got the yeast in the bottom. You store it upright, you let it, you know, percolate until the best after date. And then you got a nice sparkling beer in a bottle that's going to reabsorb any oxygen that might've been there to start with. I love that shit. Best after. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that Stone Brewing. Uh, they did. They used to have that Best Buy series. Enjoy Maybe they buy still do. Yeah. And then they had the the Best enjoy After. Buy. Or yeah. Enjoy Buy. Yeah. Enjoy Buy. Had like a sour that was an Enjoy After that they yeah. wanted to encourage you to hang on to for a couple of years at least. That's clever. Um, where did yeah. we land on on this? Or like flavor wise, it's it's just. I mean, everything's basically style, right? Yeah, it's a, it's got a light, you know, grain, little grain, little bread kind of malt flavor, and that honey like, yeah. and the, the beers can use, you know, uh, as Justin's doing, using a little light crystal malt to give it the color. Uh, this one has a little more color, and I think it's it's got that kind of, you know, they call the color kind of a marigold. I think if you wanted that that marigold, you could probably increase the crystal a little bit, like you said you were thinking about doing anyway. I think, um, and 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 just. You know, it's this is a nice, nice color and nice and clear, just like yours is. Side by side, you know, yours is actually a little lighter and less honey-like, a little less carbonated, um, but they're really close. They're closer than I than I thought. I, cause I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, reading the guidelines when when it says this is bitter, you know, I'm used to drinking IPAs. You know, and I it, sometimes I, I I underinterpret what they mean by a, a mo- moderate level of bitterness. So I, well, this isn't anywhere near moderate. It doesn't, you know, like I've, I've just pounded my palate with double IPAs you know, uh, <laughs> prior to judging this, and I'm not tasting any hops. So, yeah, no, I. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really close as well, man. Uh, great job because yeah. I'm drinking yours again. It's you know it's obviously hard because you know by now the carbonation's sort of out. Um, 
I, I, I get more graininess from, from your beer, Justin, but um, again, it's also hard to taste over the flaws of the, of the Coopers. But yeah. I mean, I, I guess maybe inherently just sort of prefer more of a malt flavor um, you know, than, than the absence thereof. But uh, yeah, I, you know, going back, Compared to this, yours is great, and that's not what I mean, but that's what it sounds like. And uh, uh, I'm just, no, I'm surprised that uh, that you can get this, you know, this close, and that, uh, yeah. quite frankly, at us, that we could pick out, uh, you know, the way the beer should be through the skunky mess. Yeah, he's made a made a fantastic example of it, yeah. and we will, you know, uh, once can... everything opens back up, we will be visiting your garage in Pleasant Hill. To taste yes. that fresh at like, 498 Marigold Lane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this isn't a garage. This is actually a garden shed. Believe it or not. Okay. But, oh nice. wow. Nice. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> nice, nice old TV there. Yeah, it's it's not a roll up door. It's just like slats of wood yeah. behind you. Yes. Um, do we score this? How do you score like the the you know commercial example of the style? But uh, if you, you had to throw you, a score, honestly, at it, you don't. You drink it. You fresh. drink it. Uh, it's supposed to, it's not yeah. it's not to be stored. No. You drink it fresh. I, I'd score it similarly to how we scored uh Justin's okay. because the the things that are different, uh like the carbonation, for example, uh those would cause add maybe a few more points, but the fact that it's it, it has held up really well for being so old, but some of the the bits of oxidation would cause me to knock it down. So I think I'd, it, it kind of ends up about the same ballpark where, uh, where Justin's beer. Well, there you go, up, Justin. Right? Your beer and scored were, the same as a one-year-old we pale. drinking this fresh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I like it. Yeah, ne- neither beer is bland, and that's, that's yeah. the key no. to the style. It's like it's got to be supremely drinkable in the hot, on a hot summer Australia day, right? And... Uh, well, it's summer there now, right? <laughs> uh, they're drinking right now and not yeah. the heat down there. Hopefully, they don't have all those fires and stuff this year. No, but, they're uh, going yeah. already. So. Is it starting already? <laughs> yeah, there's ah. a big one out there right now, I think. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah. Um, no, it's definitely – it's the dryness is a key component uh, of the beer that makes it lends to the drinkability. But I think also that little – the little honey-like note in it gives it, gives it something interesting to – to play with the, the grainy and bready malts that are there. Um, some of the honey, like from the, from the commercial one, might be a little oxidation, but I don't know. It might not be because it's not. I think it's both. I think, I think, I think yeah. the oxidation sort of enhances it because we're getting that from Justin's beer also. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think you're right, JP. You know? So there. I'm going to make that into a T-shirt. I think you're right, JP. I think yeah, uh, them side by side. Justin's comes through a little green, a little green on the grainier side for mm-hmm. sure. In a good way, in a, in a good way, in a multi, like a multi thing, yeah. Yeah. I, I swirled, I swirled my bottle. You can tell because it's a little cloudy now. Oh yeah. And I get a little that. bit of iron now that I've I've swollen uh, or swollen. I've I've uh, now you've gotten swole. Uh, I've gotten swole that I I've gotten my my bottle agitated and poured some of that out. Don't agitate your bottle for too long. <laughs> yeah. At no, your age, at your age, Char, you can't. Uh, I don't know why. I like, I'm being ageist to you, and I apologize. But yeah, look at that. That this yeah, is a hazy uh, IPA, brother. I'm look at little, that. I'm a little tipsy. I don't know why. Look at that shit. You can sell Thanks. this to any hipster across the bar anywhere in the East <laughs> Bay, and they will buy it. Especially in the Olympia glass hipster. Hey. Um, but yeah, the, so the beer style I understand developed alongside, uh, like you know, a long time ago, alongside beers like. Uh, cream ale and California common, like steam beer, you know, and um, things like that. And it's kind of like a a lager like kind of yeah. Ale. I think lots of them were probably also uh, uh, lagered. You know, might have been brewed as a as an ale, but you'd lager it, or you know, I don't know what what uh, what do you know about the history of the beer, Justin? What do you, do you know? Well, in terms of how it's uh, fermented, like um, it, it's ra- it starts at 65 and then you sort of raise it over like a degree a day over the fermentation period up to like, you know, 70, 71. Um, it, it, that, that's a home brewing aspect. Uh, in terms of the history right. of it, like it, it was really, uh, my understanding was that it was really was to compete with lagers. Yeah. Like it, that's, that's the idea of it. It's, a, it's an yeah. ale to compete with lagers and yeah. that's, that's, 
that's obvious, yeah. Like that's you know, you, yeah. you taste it and it's an easy drinking ale. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing to think what a revolution, you know, the light lager was back in that day. Like when you were used to you know, it's like porters and browns and milds, and along comes this sparkling, bright, clear beer. It's like, wow, what is this? This is different, you know. And then everybody had to compete with it in their own way, in yep. their own region, the ingredients they had, and make something that kind of captured that spirit but oh this is an ale but it, it's a good light drinker and it's nice and dry it goes down easy so you know what australian sparkling this is a this is a great beer for i'd reach for, for one spot yeah. would be it's a great beer for california too i'm sure yeah, you know, for sure summer. let's take a quick break uh we're going to come back we're going to wrap things up here on dr homebrew we'll be right back Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. Hey, thanks for hanging around, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. We are wrapping it up. Justin, thanks very much, man, for not only providing your homebrew, but a uh, an aged Cooper <laughs> to compare them two side by side to do our, our little com- commercial calibration, uh, John, that we'd like to do over here. So I uh, appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. No worries at all. Uh, yeah, the yeah. only beer style born down under. So, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to have it and uh, taste a commercial next to the a really good homebrewed version of it and nicely done. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to be, yes, if you want to do something nicely done or something, <laughs> I don't know, uh, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. We'll get you on the show. You do not have to provide commercial beer, but if you want to, that is totally fine and acceptable. Under an age, and under one year age, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't you don't have to bring it to my house like Justin did, but you can. <laughs> but you can if you want, man. That's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are taking uh, hard seltzers and wine and mead and all sorts, whatever you want. It's not just beer. Um, flawed beer, which is mainly yeah. the reason why we started the show, to like help people you know, with flaws. So don't be afraid if you're embarrassed about your beer. If you want help at all in, in, in making your beer better in any aspect... Or you want better feedback than you can get at a competition because you can actually ask the judges now. Email Brian at thebrainnetwork.com and we will get you on the show. We so, want your beer and yeah, I, the, the flawed ones are the are the fun ones to taste. If you have yeah. like you, your homebrew friends are like, yeah, Bobby, uh, you got kind of a house character going on there. I don't know what it is, but uh, you know, all of your beers have this certain taste in them. I don't know what it is, you know. Send it into the doctor's homebrew. There you go. Um, are are we doing right. prison wine? Uh, are we doing like... Sure. I'll do Pruno, dude. Do hell have, yeah. Do we have limits? No, man. Yeah. If you make it, <laughs> we'll drink it. 
That's it. All right, everybody. All thanks right. a lot for tuning in. Uh, I really appreciate it. If you, uh, I don't know, I would really appreciate if you, um, hold on, I'm going to burp and I can't think and burp at the same time. What I think JP wanted to say is uh, double mask up and stay safe, everybody. Double mask, brother. That's right. Stay away so, from I was everybody. I masking before it was cool, I'll tell you. Well, you know, got- ever since you told me about that, I, I so I have a mask with a filter. I put a paper yep. towel in, in between there and... Um, yeah. So uh, well, Ed, I, I go into the office, so I'm, I'm issued a you know a surgical mask which covers mm-hmm. down around here, and then I feel the air coming in through there. So I'm like, I'm going to put on my my neck gaiter that I wear when I'm out running or walking, yep. and I'm going to pull that up over the, the bottom part, and I get a little extra filtration. I know neck gaiters aren't the best, but mine has a pocket in it for the filters, a little 2.5, blah blah blah, and so I feel I, it makes me feel better, and so That's far. Right. So good, I'm, you know. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing until keep I keep doing get what you're the, doing, baby. The shot in the arm. Yeah, yeah. When I went to get my when I did get my first one, um, I had the you know have the it's, they're made by Honeywell and you know they they don't like press over your mouth like this. There's like a pocket for your face yeah. for your fat face, and uh, they have a, a a filter inside that's supposed to be equivalent to the N95s. Um, but I take that out and I put a paper towel in between the front yeah. of the mask and that because of what you said and then i and then i pull my neck gator up over that and anyway i did that to go in to get my shot and i was like i'm having a hard time breathing <laughs> so you're like so you're like quad masking it at that point yeah at that point i mean it's well first of all it's my liverpool gator so i have to like you know i feel cool yeah. about that but present yeah i know it's they're not they're not the greatest things uh well liverpool this year and um you know neck gators but it's it's something so, the more layers you have, the better. You can fold yeah. over pieces of Kleenex and get like two pieces of Kleenex and fold it over. You got four layers in between. If you're, yeah, you know, I don't know. It, you it, got it. it. I, I'm not. This is not medical advice, but no, it is. Yeah, I, feel know. free to sue Brian Cooper if you get COVID and you do the things he yeah. said to do. We're starting a new podcast called "Don't Get COVID" and uh, <laughs> called "Don't Sue Us" and either. I'm, I'm available for representing anyone <laughs> that's trying to sue Cooper. Yeah. Okay. Or Coopers. No, no hard, nothing personal. For that matter, Brian, yeah. I, just, I gotta I understand. Eat. I <laughs> hear you. All my dogs eat. All right, we gotta go. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And uh, we'll see you later.